Welcome to the Excuse My African podcast. My name is Stella Damasis and I am your host. Join me as I take you on a journey through the eyes of a misrepresented and misunderstood African girl abroad. In this episode, I will talk about Flora Mwapa. Growing up as a child in Nigeria, um, in school, especially in what we call secondary school, but in America, you might call that a middle school, high school. Um, I had to study literature because I really wanted to be in the arts and to be in the arts, you cannot escape studying literature, you know, so I was lucky to be one of the few people who were exposed to books written by Africans. Because it was just very unusual for me as a child, wondering why most of our books, especially history, social studies, literature, and all of that were focused on foreign writers. I know that at that time, they wanted our minds to be exposed, you know, they wanted us to know what was happening in the world over globally, but we didn't have enough African writers, African books put in the schools. So we didn't know a lot of them, but I was lucky to have experienced some African authors and, you know, some of their books because I intentionally wanted to study literature. Some of my other classmates who were in the sciences, who were doing math and other things like that, didn't have the opportunity to really read or get into the books like I could, you know, or like I did. And uh, I read so many books from different authors like uh, Buchi Machata, Elechi Amadi, um, Ngogi Wationgo, Wangari, uh, Flora Mwapa, Chinua Achebe, Walesho Inka, and the rest of them. But all of these people, I know that I have always liked reading books written by female authors from the time I was a kid, I'm not going to lie. So I enjoyed Buche Mechata's books, you know, so much. And Flora Mwapa's books changed my mindset, changed my thought processes, the way I used to think and all of that. In fact, it's just because we didn't know the name or what it meant at the time. If not, I am sure that even as young as I was at that time, a lot of people would have called me a feminist because from that tender age, because of the kind of literature I was exposed to, I started thinking about women, about equality, you know, about being able to stand on your own, being able to work, being able to speak up for yourself because I've been called opinionated for so long. You know, even as a kid, they've called me, you're too opinionated to be a little girl. You know, as little girls, you don't talk too much. You don't, you don't argue. You don't do this. You don't do that. And then as I was growing older, they kept telling me, look, for an average African woman, you're too opinionated. You know, people will not like you. You know, guys wouldn't want to date you because you feel you know too much. You feel that you, you can speak up for yourself all the time. You don't have to, you know, you're not expected to. So there were so many limitations that a lot of people try to put on me, but I'm very grateful for the kind of family that I come from, a family that has strong women. You know, I have four older sisters. Trust me, we were strong and we were independent-minded. And people like Flora Mwapa and her books actually got me thinking about a lot of things about life, about the future and all of that. And she changed my thought process a lot. And I love that about her. That's why it's really sad that right now today, when you speak to a lot of young people and ask them, do you know who Flora Mwapa is? You'll be shocked at the amount of people that don't know her. Some other people may have heard of her, but have never read her books. 
and then the books are not easily available as much as you would expect them to be you know so um i just started noticing that of late it's only those who are in the literary arts you know who are into books who are into artwork um people in the diaspora who are into african studies and african literature those are the people who really honor her and other people other african writers those are the people who really take the time to read her books do documentaries you know celebrate and honor them not just her but other people and all that so i said that in my podcast excuse my african i'm going to introduce it to as many people as every african should know and everybody who has african friends who loves africa who wants to know more about the history of africa there are people that you have to know about them you cannot know about africa you cannot know about nigeria without knowing these people especially the women who changed you know the face who changed africa who changed nigeria flora wapa has been considered to be the queen of african literature because i think her book was one of the first to be published in english as an african writer in the uk and that is you know it is something worth talking about so i'm hoping that at the end of this podcast most of you will go online look her up look for her books you know check as many things as you can as regards flora wapa and her work and other people that you might find. I think I've talked about Buchiya Mecheta before. I'm talking about Flora Wapa today. I'm going to be talking about different people so that you get to know our history holistically, not just about the war that we fought or anything like that, but people who actually wrote things, who were authors, who gave us history, who made sure that till now you could tell the mindset of our people. So I'm just going to give you a brief history of Flora Wapa and I'm hoping that you will take it from there. She was born in Oguta in southeastern Nigeria. She was the eldest of six children um, of Christopher Ijoma, an agent with the United Africa Company, and Martha Mwapa, a teacher of drama. Her mother taught drama. Flora Mwapa attended school in Oguta Secondary School at Elelenwa in Port Harcourt and Lagos. At the age of 22, she entered the university in 1953 and earned a bachelor's degree at the age of 26 from the University College Ibadan in 1957. She then went to Scotland where she earned a diploma in education from Edinburgh University in 1958. Flora Mwapa has three children, um, Ejin Nzeribi from her previous relationship, Uzoma Gogo Mwakuche and Amede Nzeribi. She was married to Chief Gogo Mwakuche. After returning to Nigeria, she joined the Ministry of Education in Calabar as an education officer until 1959. She then took employment as a teacher at Queen's School in Enugu, where she taught English and geography from 1959 to 1962. She continued to work in both education and the civil service in several positions, including assistant registrar at the University of Lagos, 1962 to 67. After the Nigerian Civil War of 67-70, she accepted cabinet office as Minister of Health and Social Welfare in East Central State, 1970-71, and subsequently as Minister of Lands, Survey and Urban Development, 71-74. You cannot imagine how many positions she's held as a woman. She was a visiting lecturer at Alvani Koku College of Education in Oweri, Nigeria. In 1989, she was appointed a visiting professor of creative writing at University of Meduguri. 
Wapa's first book, Efuru, which I love so much, guys, you have to read that book, was published in 1966 at the age of 30 and is considered a pioneering work as an English language novel by an African woman writer. She sent the transcript to the famous Nigerian author, Chinua Achebe, who wrote Things Fall Apart, in 1962. He read the book and replied with a very positive letter and even, this is the part that got me, he even included money for the postage to mail the manuscript to the English publisher, Heinemann. It was followed by other novels such as Idu in 1970, Never Again 1975, One Is Enough 1981, and Women Are Different in 1986. She published two collections of stories, This Is Lagos in 1971 and Wives at War in 1980, and um, the volume of poems Cassava Song and Rice Song in 1986. She's also the author of several books for children. In the year 1974, she founded Tana Press and in 1977, the Flora Mwapa Company, publishing her own adult and children's literature as well as works by other writers. She gave as one of her objectives to inform and educate women all over the world, especially feminists, both with capital F and small f, about the role of women in Nigeria, their economic independence, their relationship with their husbands and children, their traditional beliefs and their status in the community as a whole. Tana Press has been described as the first press run by a woman and targeted at a large female audience, a project far beyond its time at a period when no one saw African women as constituting a community of readers or a book buying demographic. You can imagine how women were seen at that time. They didn't think that women would buy books, let alone read them, but she proved them wrong. At the beginning of Flora Mwapa's literary career, as a result of the way feminism was viewed and the way it was portrayed, she had no interest in feminism because she felt it was prejudiced against men. But she eventually came to terms with it. However, her struggle with feminism is representative of the present conversations about the movement in Africa and the world at large. Wapa's career as an educator continued throughout her life and encompassed teaching at colleges and universities internationally, including the New York University, Trinity College, the University of Minnesota, the University of Michigan, and the University of Ilori. She said in an interview with contemporary authors, I have been writing for nearly 30 years. My interest has been in both the rural and the urban women in a quest for survival in a fast-changing world dominated by men. Flora Wampa died of pneumonia on the 16th of October, 1993, at a hospital in Enugu. And she died at the age of 62. Now, I mean, for me, this tells you that she was way ahead of her time. She was one of those people that changed, you know, the face of um, writing, of being an author, of being an African woman who had a voice, who expressed herself through her books and it would be a shame if we do not take note of the work she has put out there, the impact that she has made, the following that she has gathered, the lives that she has impacted, the people that she has inspired and let us celebrate her. In fact, we should have a World Flora Wapa Day where people will come together, talk about her books because I know that there are so many parts of the world. I've even seen her books translated into different languages in French and in Spanish. I'm telling you, I was shocked when I saw that. But it just shows how 
great her impact was all over the world. So I'm thinking that people like this should be celebrated. Maybe her birthday is already passed. She died on the um, 16th of October, but I'm not sure. I think if we look into her birthday, we might want to celebrate it, not just as literary people or people who are interested in African literature or African studies, but as Africans, as people all over the world who want to be a part of the history of Africa, of the motherland. Let's celebrate people like that. Let's talk about her. Let's teach our children about her. Let's look at her books, not just her, but other people. Let's look into their books. Let's look into their legacy and let's keep pushing. That's the only way that Africa can stand out and be recognized, you know, especially, especially women. Well, I hope this is informative and I hope that you get to look into this some more and just spread the word. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast and I hope you'll join me again for the next one. You can contact me via email, excusemyafrican at gmail.com or visit the website, excusemyafrican.com for more details. Remember to stay positive and give love.